Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. Before I continue, if you want to support the podcast, you can at patreon.com slash CanadaX. Every dollar you give helps keep the podcast going. I would also like to give a shout out to one of my favorite podcasts. This is a disaster podcast. Every single week, Peter and Lee come together and relate some of the amazing stories about disasters from the past. And not just natural disasters, musical disasters, viral disasters, disasters just to do with lack of knowledge. It's a wonderful podcast. I've had the pleasure of being on the show twice so far, and I really encourage you to have a listen. And if you have a podcast and you'd like a shout out, just send me an email at craig at and I'll see what I can do. Now, with the podcast, I don't want it to just be me relating historical things from 10 years ago, 50, 100, 200, 300 years ago. I also want to talk to people today. This includes experts in their fields, people who have studied parts of Canadian history, and also Canadians who have made their mark in a variety of different ways. And we have some great interviews coming up. But today, we're interviewing one of Canada's greatest figure skaters, Elvis Stoiko. Now, as a young man, I was never huge into figure skating, but I did watch it, and I knew who Elvis Stoiko was. I remember seeing him in commercials, competing on the world stage, and it was a great honor to be able to talk to him today. So, here's my interview with the legendary Elvis Stoiko. Okay, so I guess first question, um, your, your parents flee the Soviet invasion in Hungary and uh, come to Canada. Uh, you're born, and uh, around four you start skating. What kind of leads you towards figure skating? Uh, I was watching uh, TV. Uh, I was probably about two and a half years old. Um, and kept pointing to the TV watching somebody spinning. And uh, that was something that um, caught my attention at a, at a very young age. And then my parents, uh, my mom actually didn't take me until I was four because she didn't know really where to take me number one and number two they thought you know kids are into everything well will it be a phase <laughs> so i they went to the neighbor uh, we could live in a, in a farm we had a farm uh, there and so there wasn't really rinks available close by so we had to drive uh about a half an hour 45 minutes away to get to um a rink in newmarket ontario and my neighbor helped out with that because my parents didn't know where to where to go and uh Eventually, they took me when I was about four and a half, put me into sort of the uh, beginner skating school, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, six years old, you win your first trophy 
excuse me, uh, is that kind of like at that age, kind of like winning a world championship when you get that first trophy? Yeah, it was a kind of a, it was a big deal. It was pretty funny because usually, you know, you have the girls skating against the girls, the guys against the guys. There were only two boys in the whole club. And it was more like um, instead of doing, uh, I guess, programs, it was like edge work and figures and things like that. That's the competition that we had. So they put the boys and girls together. And uh, they didn't think a little a boy would end up winning, but I ended up winning. And I have a little trophy, but it's a little girl on the top of the trophy with my name on it. It's actually pretty funny. So I have a little girl, a little girl trophy. It's actually pretty, uh, it's actually pretty funny. I tell the story and I was laughing because there's a lot of girls in the club and two boys. And one of the boys ends up winning, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, growing up, what, what skaters uh, did you admire as you would progress through your uh I guess your early skating career in your in your childhood and teens. Yeah, yeah. Well, growing up, there were there were great skaters. Um, Brian Orster, of course, uh, who ended up training with uh, Brian Boisano, Scotty Hamilton, uh, Alexander Fedea, Joseph Sabobchek. These are all names from like the um, you know late seventies, eighties, um, you know, and then they retired just before the nineties. Uh, you know, of course, Kirk Browning as well, who um, I ended up uh, jumping and competing up with him, uh, jumping up from junior. He was already world champion, and the next year I, I jumped up to senior. Uh, but I looked up to him as well because it was my, um, I guess, my novice junior junior years. I saw him competing, and uh, that was my group of group of guys that I admired and watched. Um, so your, your first, I guess your first uh, kind of taste of going to, uh, to a major competition, that was 1991, was it, the World Championships? My first world championships was 1990 in Halifax. Okay. Yeah, but I did junior. I did junior worlds before that as well. I did um, 1989 and 1990. I was young enough to. Uh, I was senior, but I was young enough to junior still internationally. So I did a few international competitions as junior. I did junior worlds, um, 1989 December. And then the next month, I made the world team when I competed at nationals, which was in January, and then competed at worlds three weeks or three months later um, in March in Halifax. So it was an interesting year because it was at junior worlds, and then I jumped up to senior worlds within a couple of months. Um, so was it kind of weird? You, you know, you started, uh, like you said, you started uh, skating because you saw the people on TV, and then to go to you know something like the World Championship and be around people that you admired growing up was it kind of a, a weird feeling? Um, it was exciting because it was it was a time I was just soaking it all in. I mean, I uh, I was competing against Kurt in 1990 at nationals the first time, and then again at at World. Being, you know, guys like Victor Petrenko, who, you know, was third at the Calgary Olympics in 1988 that I watched, you know, between the, the Battle of the Bryans. Um, and I was, you know, jumped up, competing against him. A lot of uh, younger guys that um, were roughly my age that I saw on television that were competing internationally. Uh, Todd Eldridge at the time as well. And, uh, you know, Christopher Bowman. These are all names that, uh, you know, you know, I was growing up watching and, and competing against, and so we were all there. And of course, being in Canada, which was exciting. You know, my first World Championship being held in Halifax, which was fantastic. So it was, it was a very exciting time. It was, you know, you make the big time at that point, and it's, you know, uh, it's pretty exciting. You know, you've, you've done, you've uh, made a certain level. You've 
even and then you're you know you're looking for more for me i was always going for more and more and more because uh that's just how i am but uh it was an exciting time that was uh, did you and Kurt Browning kind of have a friendly rivalry uh, just because you guys were keep competing so much together at these uh, various events? Yeah, there was. It was always the guys were always good that way. I mean, it was it was always friendly rivalry. We loved competing against each other, especially over the years with Kurt and I. That was a big um, you know battle nationally and then again at Worlds um, for us. You know, we would go to compete against the rest of the world when we were outside of the country, we'd compete as a team. And then, you know, as, uh, you know, as competitors in our, in our own country, we would duke it out to see who would win nationals. Uh, internationally as well, um, I got along with a number of the guys that I competed against, you know, Todd, guys like Todd Eldridge, um, you know, who were great competitors, uh, Scott Davis, who, uh, another, another American that I competed against, um, Ilya Kulik, of course, later on. Yadudin and Poshenko, all those guys that competed later on. Uh, but, uh, you know, I had really good rivalries with a number of uh, skaters over the years. But it was always it was always friendly rivalries that we had. The guys were good that way. We had to kind of leave it out on the ice, and, and uh, you know, it was, it was a great time. What was it, was it, what was it like to win uh, your first gold at uh, World Championship? My first my first gold, uh, gold World Championships, 1994, that was... Um, that was pretty a pretty big time because it was a it wasn't only a fight to, to win, but um, it was also a fight for my recognition in regards to my style uh, as a skater. It was something that um, you know people you know said I was only a jumper, and it was a really tough thing to kind of break because I was not just the typical figure skater. I had a lot of fans because of that, but I also had a lot of like you know, the traditionalist within the sport um, just didn't like the way I uh, skated or the way that I, that I presented skating and, and, and uh, how I went about it. So it was a, it was a, you know, it was a big deal that year, um, you know, fighting it out through the, the four years previous and then uh, getting close second in 93 and then 94, you know, going to Canadians, winning Canadians, beating Kurt, going to Olympics, placing second, which was the big, you know, a controversy there um, in Lillehammer. And then, you know, going to Worlds and really just putting it down and, you know, competing the best that I could and, and winning. And, and that was a, it was a huge time. It was sort of my mark as a, as a skater, not, you know, technically, but artistically as well. And that was, um, it was a pretty amazing time. Uh, what was it like in regards to your uh, first national title? You beat Kurt, uh, you beat him in Edmonton, kind of his own home turf. Uh, but to win your first national title, what was that like? Oh, that was a huge, that was a huge thing too. That was a four, it was a battle with Kurt in 90, 91, 92, 93. Um, it was very, very close to 93 in Hamilton. Um, and then in 92, I had an injury, um, and, uh, Kurt couldn't compete at the nationals, but, uh, Michael Flipchuck ended up winning. I had a, a fractured foot, which was kind of disappointing. Um, you know, 90 and 91, I was still very young. So I was still, uh, sort of green in all of, in all of it. So it was, um, you know, through my formative years, but, you know, finally 94, it was, it was, everything came together that year. It was just everything kind of just, um, you know, all the work that I had done previously had showed up to, for that season. And, um, you know, Kurt 
uh, you know, the year before, it was a really close competition in Hamilton. And that, you know, the next year I was just, I was, you know, really focused on, on winning that title and, and, and um, going to the Olympics as the number one guy from Canada. That was my goal. And, and it happened that year. It was a pretty, it was a pretty big, I know it was a pretty big upset, especially in Edmonton uh, for him. But, um, you know, it was a, it was an incredible time. It was a really incredible time. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, I just didn't want, I know that Kurt was retiring and I wanted to, uh, be number one going that year. And, and, uh, you know, hitting that pinnacle really set the tone for Olympics and worlds. I just kind of rode a high all the way for the next few months. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Uh when did you first start to kind of discover that, you know, people knew who you were if you're like walking down the street and people are like, well, that's Elvis Stoiko. So was it kind of weird to suddenly be well-known around Canada? Yeah, it was um, that year in 94, I came back from Olympics and already I had sponsors, you know, knocking at our door. Uh, my agent was busy with a whole bunch of, <laughs> whole bunch of stuff <laughs> for, you know, coming, coming to, to us and, and that was pretty crazy. We were already trying trying to sort out deals with with um, different companies at that point. Uh, it was pretty pretty wild. I mean, you know, my my parents worked hard. They struggled all the way through to put me through skating. But it, it wasn't until I actually won that sponsors came to the table. It was very difficult uh, to get sponsorship, and um, you know, to have uh, you know a household become a household name. Um, not overnight. It was still you know a process where people knew me in the sport. 1991, the fan teams. 92 was a big year um, because when I went to Olympics in Alberville, um, I was the only skater to skate both the short and the long perfectly clean, and I dropped the placing from 6th to 7th. There was a huge um, upset with that. There was a huge outcry. And Don Cherry, who, uh, you know, he went on, on his uh, coach's corner at the time and, and talked about me, kind of put me on the map. And people ended up watching, uh, you know, more of what I was doing at that time in, in back in 92. So 92 was an interesting year that kind of was the first year that it kind of started to progress. People got to know who I was. I became more of a household name. Um, 93, it started to build. And then, of course, it, it, it went into, into 94. It wasn't quite overnight, um, but the, that was sort of the first spot of it going, you know, not just, uh, you know, nationally, internationally in 92. Um, you know, jumping on the scene in 1990 uh, was big when, uh, you know, I skated so well and, and Kurt had a, had a rough go in Sudbury and that, that competition was, uh, that competition was really an interesting one for me. I went from not making nationals the year before and then making the world team the next year right away. I made nationals, I made the world team and it was a huge jump. And, uh, you know, I jumped on the scene that year and, um, it was a pretty exciting time. So it was a, it was a stepping stone right from there. It wasn't sort of just overnight success. It were, there was little moments of check, check mark, check mark, check mark, more people and more people, bigger, bigger, bigger. Mm -hmm. and, and by, by the time 94 came around, 
you know, after Olympics. And uh, that was huge. That was a huge, huge thing. And, you know, walking down the street was uh, was a little bit different for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in regards to the Olympics uh, with Nagano, so you, you, you're the favorite going in, uh, but you, you're dealing with an injury. There's a flu that's kind of making its way around uh, all the athletes. And, and you still, you know, you're able to come through it with uh, with a silver medal. Are, are you, obviously everybody would like gold, but considering, you know, the injury, the flu, uh, all of that, are you still very proud of, of getting to that silver? Yeah, there, there are moments like, it's still for me, you know, being a competitor and as a warrior, it's, you know, I, I am proud of that moment. It's still... Um, you know, I look back and, and uh, it, it took a number of years for me to kind of just allow it to be what it was. Um, because, you know, you set out for me, I was I set out my goal and I'm going to get it. And regardless if I was injured or anything, I never used, you know, the cold or the, the injury to try to be an excuse to stop me from getting what I wanted. And, uh, you know, that's what got me through. That got me to the silver. Um you know, I, you know, most, um, like the doctors are saying, you know, we don't know how you did it, uh, mentally, how you did it physically. Um, I was just so hell bent on, on, you know, winning and, uh, being number one and putting down the best performance I could at the time. I was focused on that. Um, you know, after that, the mental, the mental strain and physical strain of it took a toll after the fact, um, took a while for me to sort of recover from it all. Um, because I, sort of over-pushed, over-exerted, but, um, you know, looking back on it, I can look back on it uh, happily. It took me a long time before I could actually watch the video of watching my skating. It was really, it was really hard for me to watch it, but, um, you know, I can look back and say, wow, you know, it was a pretty amazing time, what I went through in order to get that silver, getting two silvers at, at Olympics, uh, you know, the only, the, other than, uh, you know, Brian, who got two silvers as well, individual silvers. You know, it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty amazing, and I was pretty happy with that. Now that I can look back now and talk and reminisce about it. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the course of your entire career, what's kind of what's the moment that stands out above everything? The moment that stands out about everything. There are a couple of a couple of moments. The big year was uh, um, for for me was ninety four uh, Olympics. Um, that was a, that was a huge, uh, one for standing out and then, uh, jumping to worlds that year, winning worlds, uh, you know, back when we had the six zero system, I got first place all the way across the short first place, all the way across the long. There was like, there was almost no contest. It was just, I skated so well. I was so on point. Um, and it was so, it was just like effortless effort. I had trained so hard and, uh, everything came together at that point. Um, another year that um, was big was 97. Uh, that year, I think, you know, I'd won every single competition going into 98 as well. I'd done the first quad triple at competition, the first one to do it at Worlds. That was a huge, uh, that was a huge year for me um, as well. So there's there a couple of moments that um, was really big uh, for me that, that really, really stand out. They stand out for different reasons. Uh, for me, um, those are those are the big ones. Uh, do you feel like Canada uh, does a good job of celebrating its figure skaters? I mean, in other countries, they might kind of know who the figure skaters are, but it seems in Canada, 
we really kind of get behind our figure skaters. Uh, you know, like we, I'm sure that most Canadians can probably name at least five to ten versus in other places where they maybe have trouble naming one or two. Why do you, why do you feel like we 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 are so uh, into figure skating and uh, and celebrate the the athletes who uh, compete? Yeah, we've had a number of really really great um, uh, skaters over the years. I mean, that really that people you know can remember, and we've had great legacy. Um, you know, obviously being you know northern country winter olympics that's a huge thing hockey is a huge thing for us of course um and figure skating kind of ties in ties in with that you know being a, an ice sport but um i think because of the legacy of the people that we've had before us you know there's um uh, barbara ann scott who won back in you know back in geez it was a 30s, 40s 30s i think it was <laughs> um you know and uh you know don jackson who was a you know, uh, a staple for me. I mean, that that's another another person that um, he came when I was at, when I was a young kid in Newmarket. He came and did a seminar there and worked with me a little bit. I would add back in the seventies and uh, late seventies, he came and worked with me, and that was a that was a moment for me that that was huge. But you know, he did the first triple X back in '62. You had Vern Taylor do the first triple axle, I think, in '77. Um, you know, uh, and we've had great, like, just great champions and people that have done really well internationally. And when, I guess when um, they do well internationally over the years, um, it, it'll bring attention to the sport itself. But we've had such great uh, skaters, not just the men, we've had the women, Karen Magnuson, um, you know, uh, the, the uh, Otto, uh, Marie Jel- Otto and Marie Jelinek as well. Um, we've had great, you know, pairs and and ladies and men's over the years that have really brought attention to, uh, you know, figure skating in Canada. You know, Brian was a huge one for us in the eighties. That was a, that was a massive jump, uh, as well for, for attention. And, you know, when media and, um, technology was changing, people could watch it a little bit easier. Um, that also was huge for us. And I think we just, you know, we celebrate our athletes, uh, in figure skating so well. And, and, uh, you know, I kind of just, lived off of that you know into the 90s both kurt and i kind of you know were able to take that into the next generation of skaters and you know that was amazing for us in in um 2018 in korea when our team won gold there and of course tess and scott that you know we've had great champions over the years and that keeps uh that keeps continuing and i think it's because of that it's the legacy i think that you know started with you know barbara and scott that was where it all started with that and and um, brings attention to to canada it's great and uh, I guess my last question is, what advice do you have for for young uh, skaters who are just starting to just starting to get into their career? Yeah, there's you know it's a big choice on on what you want to do with it. Do you want to uh, you know a recreational skater or something that's for you? Um, you're not really into competing, or if you really want to go for it and do something with the sport um, with regards to competition. Uh, you know, going maybe going to the Olympics is, is don't you know sell yourself short. Um, really, it's all about your willpower um, and setting your goals. You just keep going after uh, what you want, and um, that that is something that it, you've got to be possessed in a way. Every morning, I would wake up and I would check my body, see how my body felt. You know, that was the that was you know. It was, it, a routine that I went through every day mentally mm-hmm. to prep and mental, the mental set is the most important part of it um, because the mental part pulls you through those very difficult times. It's what inspires you 
inspires your body to to push harder, push farther. Um, you know that that's you know you can only go so far as your your mind will let you go. Um, you know even if the body if you're a little bit tired, the brain can kick in. You know regardless even you know with injury you don't want to push hard during that time. But even for me when I was competing at the Olympics, you know in '98, uh, you know I asked the, the doctors, you know will I damage it further? Will it be a problem? They said no. Just have to deal with the pain. Um, you know, if you do this for the next six months, yeah, you will have, you know, a lingering injury. So I knew that I couldn't damage it further. So it was a risk, but it was a calculated risk. I made all the right, uh, asked all the right questions to make sure that I wouldn't ruin my career for further. But, um, you know, is the mental part of my, um, my training that really got me through it? It wasn't the physical part. The physical, by that point, it's, it, you know, it's basically 5% physical at that point. It's all the mental attitude. So it's the attitude towards what you want, uh, the willpower towards what you want, um, and make a habit every day. Um, I do a lot. I did a lot of self-talk as well uh, mm-hmm. growing up. You know, be very, very clear in what you want, and don't let anyone stop you. Um, you know, getting towards and there will be obstacles no matter what people, um, injury, uh, circumstances. Um, but there's always a way to get through it. And uh, the mental side is, is how you do it. I hope you enjoyed that interview. And if you did, please give us a rating and review. It helps keep us up near the top of the various rankings. You can email me any questions you have at craig at canadax.com. You can visit my website and the hundreds of articles on Canada's history that I've written there. Just go to canadax.com. And again, you can support the podcast by going to Patreon at patreon.com slash canadax. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.